Center. I'm meteorologist Tom Russell on HP 580. 51 degrees at WHP. The following program is intended to provide general information only, and its host, Tim Decker, recommends that you always seek competent professional guidance for financial, legal, and tax advice, as everyone's specific needs are unique. WHP Talk Radio 580 now presents Financial Freedom with Tim Decker from ISI Financial Group. A full hour of sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. Talking about This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Good afternoon. Tim Decker here with you. Financial Freedom. Let me give you the phone numbers. I uh, would love to hear from you. you have anything you'd like to discuss with me, I know last week's program we had a few callers that, that we were not able to give sufficient time to because we ran out of time. So that's why I always encourage you, um, if you have something that you would like to discuss with me, uh, it's better to call in sooner ra rather than rate rather than waiting, excuse me, towards the end of the show because uh, time seems to go very, very f fast. And uh, we will queue you up in the order of which we receive your call and uh, I start taking calls. Uh, you can call in now to uh, get in line, shall we say, uh, and we will start uh, taking the calls right after our first break here, which is only in about six seven minutes from now so again the phone numbers 717-540-0580 that's 717-540-0580 and anywhere else toll free it's 800-724-5801 again that's 800-724-5801 well, this Rodney Dangerfield market continues upward. When I say this Rodney Dangerfield market, what am I referring to? This is the, if not the most hated and disrespected bull markets of our lifetime. I don't know what it is. Uh, this market, as Mr. Dangerfield says, just gets no respect. And uh, in spite of some higher valuations here in the U.S. Um, the market continues to go up and up. And uh, unfortunately, many have missed out. Unfortunately, many of you are sitting on the sidelines at this point saying, well, at this time, I might as well just wait until we have a correction. And while all that's taking place, you see and you are watching the markets continue to go up and up and up. <clears throat> so you have a choice. Do you get in? Do you invest based upon a well-documented, goal-oriented financial plan that accounts for market declines 
and thus will allow you to weather them when they take place, which, by the way, all financial plans should have those stress tests built into them because any financial plan without that is worthless. Or should you just sit back and wait until we have the next market decline? Well, I can only tell you what the evidence shows, and the evidence is very clear. The time to invest is when you have the money to invest. All you have to do is look at financial history, which if you're listeners of this show, you know I'm a huge, huge student of financial and market history. And one of the things that we know when you look objectively at the evidence, any attempt to time the market, which essentially by choosing to sit out as the market moves on, essentially what you are doing is you are making a market timing decision. You are choosing to withhold monies to invest with the intent that when the market goes down, you believe that you will put the money to use. However, again, what we know is market bulls can run a lot longer and a lot further and a lot higher than what anyone anticipates. And what we also know, and Peter Lynch, who was one of the most well-known mutual fund managers back in the 70s and 80s, <clears throat> said, and I quote, more money has been lost by waiting for market declines than actually experiencing market declines. There's a lot of wisdom to that statement. In other words, getting into the market only in line with your personal goal-oriented financial plan, which should always be the first step. Because remember, I tell you over and over again, your portfolio needs to be the servant of your plan. No, no plan, no portfolio. So depending upon what your thoughts are, depending upon what your, what your feelings are, depending upon whether or not you feel lucky, all of those things should be put aside and it should always be guided by a non-emotional goal-oriented financial plan and if you don't have one or if you have one that hasn't been updated for some time the best thing to do is to sit down and update that plan work with your fee only financial advisor if you don't have one run to one again I said fee only financial advisor and have them help you design a financial plan based upon where you're at now, where you want to be five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, and let that serve as the guide as to how your money should be invested, how much you should have in cash, how much you should have in stocks, bonds, large company stocks, small company stocks, value, growth, international investment grade short intermediate term bonds all of those different asset classes if you want to build a portfolio designed to weather whatever market declines come our way which just a friendly reminder 
Historically, we see a 10% market decline on average once a year since World War II ended in 1945. And on average, we see a bear market of about a 20% or more decline since World War II ended in 1945 of about 20% a year. So it will come, but it may not come for some time. It may start next week, but you need to have discipline to not allow that to have any impact on how you invest. Your plan, if it's built properly, and it accounts for, and you have assets in there that are designed to serve as shock absorbers, then you can confidently invest now, and you should invest now, in line with your plan, your personal goals, your tolerance for dealing with fluctuation, taxes, etc. So again, we are <clears throat> experiencing this Rodney Dangerfield, I get no respect market. And as I'm looking right now at the Association of Individual Investors sentiment index, still less than 40% of individual investors are bullish. Many, many, many of you have missed out on this. So again, I want to encourage you to do the right thing, not the easy thing. Separate your emotions, put them aside, and I urge you to develop a plan, make sure the plan is accurate, make sure it uses academic evidence to help support your plan, that the returns that you are projecting out are reasonable and actually err on the conservative side. And once you have done that, then use that to help you build a beautiful, beautiful, globally diversified portfolio supported by evidence and financial science and designed to weather whatever market declines come our way. And if you then have a process in place that's ready to capitalize and take advantage of market declines, not only will you be able to weather them, but you'll be able to capitalize on them, and over time, that's where you can reward yourself financially. Okay, we're going to go to our first break. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. And one of the things I'm going to share with you this morning, I mentioned good afternoon earlier, and I apologize. I uh, guess my head was still in our noon to one slot, but obviously uh, we are 10 to 11, and it's morning. But anyway, one of the things I want to share with you this morning is an appointment that I have coming up this week and it has to do with a couple a very very nice couple who've worked super hard to get to where they're at and they actually were smart enough to download the financial advisor fee only fiduciary questionnaire that we have available on our website and they sent this to the advisor before they met with them. And I want to share with you some of the interesting answers that were provided in an effort to help you all as an audience and consumers learn from what they experienced. Okay, we're going to 
take our first break. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. Again, if you have anything you'd like to discuss with me, do not be shy. We're all friends here. You can reach me at 717-540-0580. That's 717-540-0580 and toll-free 800-724-5888. We never put breaking news on hold. News Radio WHP 580. Financial freedom. Simplified. For making us part of your Saturday morning, and I'll do my very best to uh, hopefully provide you some insight and some wisdom to help you make wise financial decisions. It's our goal here to be your trusted resource for all things financial. Okay, let's go to Jerry from Hummelstown. Good morning, Jerry. How can I help you, sir? Good morning, sir. Uh, listen to your show two weeks ago, and you had touched on something that I felt was monumental, but you kind of skimmed over it. Um, uh, the purchase of oil by China directly from Russia using the yuan as the currency of preference as opposed to the petrodollar, which, of course, is backed by the United States currency as a mandate. My concern is that, uh, as other financiers have dictated, that once that occurs, uh, the dollar is going to tank eventually once the world finds out that they can do this, and uh, it's going to have a major economic uh, crisis for the U.S. dollar. Okay. I'm curious to hear further expansion on your point of view on it. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, let me say I think you might have uh, me mixed up with somewhere else that you heard that because I am 99% sure that's not a discussion that I had, but I appreciate your kind sentiments. However, if I may indulge you, I can offer you just a couple thoughts on that if you have an interest in me doing so. Absolutely, please. Okay, okay. Um, the, the key thing that I can offer you with that is what you ultimately led to in that, and that has to do with a falling dollar or a decline in the dollar and what that could potentially mean. <clears throat> and what I would offer you on that is actually the U.S. dollar has been weakening over the last year or two, so it currently is not a strong currency as it has been, number one. Number two, the way to hedge against that is quite simply, if you own some investments that are non-dollar denominated, which can easily be done by owning some investments, say, in foreign equities through foreign mutual funds that are not hedged back to the U.S. dollar, you're going to be able to have a hedge against a declining dollar. And we've actually seen that with our international investments in the last year or two. In fact, year to date, when you look at the international stock markets in the developed markets like in Europe, Japan, and those areas, uh, those markets year to date in low-cost, broadly diversified uh, uh, index-type funds are, are up over 20 
percent. And in the emerging markets, again, these are held in non-dollar investments are up about 30 percent. So that is one of the ways to help hedge against the declining dollar, if indeed that takes place, or shall I say, if it continues to take place, because the dollar has been declining. The other way um, is to make sure that from a pure inflation, uh, from a I'm sorry. Uh, no, the uh, I'm listening. The uh, what my pre- what my concern was. Do you think we should start moving money into the Chinese market into the yuan to serve as a, a hedge against that as well? Well. Again, if you own the type of investments that I was just describing, if you own a broadly diversified, which is the only type of international investment I would ever recommend, but if you own a broadly diversified international stock fund that is not hedged back into the U.S. dollar, you will automatically get some exposure to those foreign currencies that you're talking about. That is the way to help hedge against that. But to speculate on as to what might take place and thus trying to make a call in advance and thus, you know, load up on Chinese currencies or whatever, I would never, ever recommend that because now you're going from being an investor to a speculator. And as the evidence clearly shows, when you become a speculator, you become a gambler, and that doesn't mean you don't get lucky once in a while. Gamblers get lucky once in a while, but the odds are significantly stacked against you. And if you're going to do that, understand that you're speculating, you're going to be gambling, and please, whatever you do, don't do that with any money that you cannot afford to lose. So I think that's, that's my very, advice on that one. Yeah, I think that's very sage advice you just gave. Don't be well, a gambler. Be a, uh, don't be a speculator, be a, uh, an investor. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for your time, sir. You're welcome, Jerry. I wish you the very best, okay? God bless you and yours as well. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Okay, um, before we go to the break, and I want to have enough time to share with you uh, the information that I mentioned before the break, so we're going to pick that topic up right after our uh news break um that having to be with an appointment that i have coming up this next week and some information that was provided to me in advance with some other advisors that they requested some information from um frankly it's appalling uh you're you probably will be shocked i can tell you i'm not shocked and that's why i continue to try to remind all of you about all the landmines that are out there but i'm going to share with you this actual this is a real life experience and this happens and i meet with people like this regularly and it's my hope that being able to share that with you that it will help you become wiser and less susceptible and to help you walk yourself through the maze of the financial landmines that are all over out there. So we'll talk about that right after the news. But in the three minutes that we got left before then, I just wanted to follow up real quick. We had a call 
last week at the very end of the show, I believe, and I can be wrong and I apologize if I am, but I believe the gentleman's name was Bill, uh, who at the very end of the show had asked uh, and wanted to get my input on, uh, I believe he had mentioned that he owned a handful, I think he said four or five individual large company stocks, and he may have mentioned a couple of the names and wanted my opinion on whether or not I felt that was an okay investment, if that was safe, um, if it you know made sense. And as I will always say and advise all of you, I cannot give detailed, specific recommendations <clears throat> on your investments on this show as I can only offer you general guidance and advice only. And it's important that you sit down and seek counsel and guidance and wisdom from your own financial advisor. If they are a fee-only financial advisor, if not, go and find a financial advisor who is fee-only, which means they sell nothing, and have them help you put together a plan and thus a portfolio. But the specific topic of whether or not those four or five in, in individual stocks or whether it was 15 or or whatever, <clears throat> I'm going to reiterate that I personally, because of evidence, will never recommend that you purchase an individual stock. Never. And the reason for it is, and we saw this come to surface recently with Hendrik Bessenbinder from Arizona State University with the academic research this has 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 really been supported even more and documented when you go back and you look at all of the individual stocks that have been listed publicly here in the US since 1926 as a whole 96% of those did not even beat did not even beat a simple treasury bill, which means only about 4% did. So what does that mean from a practical standpoint? What that means is unless you feel really, really lucky that you're going to be able to beat the odds of a 1 in 25 chance, a 4% chance, of picking stocks that are going to be able to outperform a much less riskier, diversified portfolio <clears throat> of low-cost type index funds, then you need to stay away. So picking stocks, or worse yet, believing the myth that you have an advisor or a money manager that's going to consistently be able to pick stocks for you and that you're paying them, which makes it even worse, you're paying them to speculate and gamble with your money is a fool's errand. Now, I know most of you find that hard to swallow, but I'm just a messenger. And the truth is and the evidence is that trying to pick individual stocks is extremely risky, and those that do 
make many, many mistakes. They have many biases. They're overconfident. They don't track the returns of all of the buys and sells that they've done. And there are many, many pitfalls with that. <clears throat> so in summary, stay away from buying individual stocks. They can go to zero. And the only wise, smart way to invest in stocks and equities is to build a beautiful, beautiful diversified portfolio where you own thousands of companies throughout the world because most of the individual picks are not going to outperform the group as a whole and it's just a handful that do really really well that make up for most of them that don't do as well okay we're going to go to the news when we come back we'll pick right back up again if you have anything you'd like to discuss with me 717-540-0580. That's 717-540-0580 or toll. Thanks for listening to News Radio WHP 580. This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial freedom on WHP 580. Welcome back, Tim Decker here with you. Financial freedom again. Lest I forget, let me again thank you very, very much for making us part of your Saturday morning. It's my passion and it's my promise to make every effort to provide you with practical, insightful, evidence-based information that you can use to make wise financial decisions and also every effort to help protect you from being whacked and blown up by all of the financial landmines that exist out there. And unfortunately, there's many, many of them out there. Okay, let's go to the phones. We have Joan from Camp Hill. Joan, I appreciate your patience very much. How can I help you, ma'am? Hi, thanks. Uh, a little bit ago, you said, uh, in the interest of diversification, of course, to get into something that um, is... Uh, something that's not exactly tied to the paper stocks. And I didn't know if you were implying precious metals. No. You didn't say that. No, ma'am. I'm a huge fan of precious metals if you're buying a gift for your significant other, but for investing, no. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so does... For diversification with a portfolio of a bunch of common stocks, for example, and I'm sure you help people, um, you know, you would have an input, of course, and selection to those and things and those things. In your mind, do do mutual funds in general or some of them or a, a little collection of mutual funds or a mix, does this fit the bill for diversification? It can fit the bill depending upon the mutual funds, the specific mutual funds, and what the holdings of those mutual funds are. As an example, within the universe of stocks, if, and that's a big if, if one is invested properly, the stock portion of one's portfolio should consist of a diversified, low-cost, beautiful portfolio of stock index funds 
that include U.S., international, small company, large company, midsize, value, and growth, as well as some real estate investment trusts. That would help you build a beautiful, diversified portfolio of stocks. And like I shared with the gentleman earlier, that also would help hedge against the U.S. dollar as well as foreign currencies as long as the international investments that you hold or the international funds that you own are not hedging against the U.S. dollar. You have to be careful and you okay, have to know. Okay, that's what it was you said, right? Yes. Yep, yep. So you don't want them to hedge against the U.S. dollar? I would recommend no. If okay. you want diversification and to take full advantage of that, if everything's hedged back into the U.S. dollar during times of a declining dollar like we've seen over the last year, that international, that international currency diversification would be null and void if you've hedged that back into the U.S. dollar. And the more diversified that you can be with investments that have expected returns, and what I mean by that is that's why I'm not a fan of commodities and gold and things like that because in and of themselves they have no intrinsic value. Their value is simply predicated upon what the next person is willing to pay you. I mean, there's no yeah. dividends, there's no earnings, it just sits there and it doesn't earn anything. But yeah. as long as you have a portfolio that consists of assets that do have expected returns and that are companies that have earnings and dividends, the more geographically you are uh, diversified and also having some currency diversification in there, the academic evidence and the history shows that can not only help increase your diversification, thus reduce your overall portfolio risk, but Joan, it can also help potentially increase your expected returns. And that's why they say diversification is the only free lunch in the world of investing. Is that right? Okay. And just in my last comment, and thank you so much, I'm always intrigued with the idea of uh, things like precious metals, real estate, art, any of this. It's so it's always denominated in dollars anyway, isn't it? Well, in if you have a portfolio like the real estate exposure that we have in our clients accounts includes a global real estate fund which means it includes investing and being part owner in some US REITs which are real estate investment trusts which are obviously focused on the business of real estate whether it be apartments whether it be commercial etc but because it's a global real estate fund it also has roughly 30 to 35% in international REITs, which are outside of the U.S. And again, those are not hedged back into the U.S. dollar. We have those held in the foreign currency exchange. So, Thank you very much. You're welcome, Joan. Okay. Okay, let's go to our last break here. And when we come back, I'm going to share with you the experience and, uh, or the appointment that I have coming up this next week week and the information that was provided to me by the client um, prior to this and uh, they one of the things that they provided to me is the financial fiduciary questionnaire that we urge all of you to download and have completed in 
writing, and you're going to see why it's very, very important uh, that we recommend this. Uh, but this is something that this client was fortunate enough and smart enough, who I applaud for doing so, had this done in advance. And uh, they're coming in to meet with us next week to get our input on the information. And believe me, you're not going to want to miss uh, what was shared with us just by this financial advisor answering this fiduciary questionnaire. There's no downtime here and keeping you updated. News Radio WHP 580. Providing you with the information and answers to gain your financial independence. This is Financial Freedom on WHP 580. Once again, here's Tim Decker. All right, let's uh, pick back up from where we left off in the final segment of our show here. And let me share with you what I have coming up this week. Week We were contacted by a very, very nice couple who I have not met in person yet. Looking forward to meeting with them this week when they come in for an appointment. They're coming in for a cons consultation, which uh, we do a lot of those. Um, it's something actually I very much enjoy, and often it's people um, who want a second opinion on their current portfolios. Often they're working with another advisor or many times people have been doing it on their own and they just want to get a second opinion for uh, just to to be objective anyway we are meeting with this couple and just from the notes that I've read I can tell that they've worked extremely hard to get to where they're at um, and <clears throat> they some time ago, uh, were sold some annuities, which uh, they have now realized, were, you know, was not a, a decision that um, had they known what they know now, that they would have uh, probably chosen. Uh, these annuities have 14-year surrender charges, which I see all the time. Um, which means if you want to take all your money out within the first 14 years, you're going to have significant penalties, especially in the early years. Um, although they do allow you to t typically take out up to 10% a year, um, anything more than that um, are going to be subject to hefty, hefty penalties. And again, just to remind you, the reason for all these ongoing penalties that last so long is these things pay enormous commissions to the sales people. But anyway, so that's that's what they currently are in. And they're looking for some advice as to what, whether or not it makes sense to move out of those. And their CPA, who obviously they trust, otherwise they wouldn't have their CPA doing their taxes for them, suggested and referred them to a financial advisor, a, a different one. Well, I would assume that they uh, knew about uh, our website from a friend, or maybe they are listeners of this show, I'm not sure, or maybe they were referred to us by 
an attorney or whatever, but somehow they were smart enough to download our financial fiduciary questionnaire, which let me remind you, if you have not used this or you have not downloaded this, it is free. All you have to do is go to our website, and we have it right there on the bottom of the home page, and you can download it. Um, our website address is isifinancialgroup.com. That's isifinancialgroup.com. I urge you, urge you, to download it if you haven't, and if you're working with a financial advisor now, insist that they complete the answers in writing, or if you are interviewing, please use this as a tool. It will help you and your family substantially because it will force them to answer the things that you should know and often is not shared up front. So they downloaded it. They sent it to this advisor, and I have it in my hand right here. And the advisor sent it back, and the very first question on here is, how are you and your firm compensated? And the options are fee-only, fee-based, fee-offset, or commissions. The advisor circled fee-based. And, again, if you've been a listener to this show for any length of time, I have made numerous attempts to warn you about fee-based advisors. Fee-based means they can charge you fees and commissions. That's why they don't use and they're not legally able to tell you they are fee only. So it can be the worst of all worlds, fees and fees and commissions. Well, he didn't circle commissions, he just circled fee based. And then you get down to question four and it says if you earn commissions, approximately what percentage of your firm's commission income comes from insurance, annuities, mutual funds, and other options. Well, here he indicated that he received some commissions from insurance products, he received some commissions from annuities, and he received some commissions from mutual funds, even though at the first question he didn't indicate that he received any commissions. And then at the very end, I'm not going to go through all this, but at the very end we have a fiduciary oath that the uh, advisor is given the opportunity to sign. And fiduciary oath says, amongst other things, um, that the advisor or any party in which the advisor has a financial interest does not receive any compensation or other remuneration that is contingent on any client's purchase or sale of a financial product. In other words, you don't get any compensation that's subject to you selling or recommending something. And then the oath ends with, I shall always act in good faith and with candor. I shall be proactive in my disclosure of any conflicts of interest that may impact you. And I shall not accept any referral fees or compensation that is contingent upon the purchase or sale of a financial product. Well, fortunately, Earlier, he had indicated that he does receive commissions, and now here at the end, he signs off saying that he does not. So it's important that not only do you get this answered, but it's also important that you confirm that the information is of truth. Well, that's going to wrap up our show. Thank you so much for taking time this morning. Again, let me encourage you. Do the right thing, not the easy thing. And the great news is it's never too late to do the right thing. Have an awesome day. We'll be with you next weekend.